On this podcast, we discuss topics that could be difficult or triggering for some listeners. If you're in crisis, please visit your local emergency department or call 911. If you are not in crisis, please contact your family physician. More information about getting access to care can be found at camh.ca or at connectsontario.ca. Welcome back to the CAMH podcast, You've Changed. This week, we'll be focusing on nutrition and its relationship with well-being. We'll be talking to Loblaws dietitian Carly Fillets, CAMH dietitian Kelly Matheson, and author and entrepreneur Rose Reisman. Stay tuned for a great show. Welcome back to the KMH Podcast You've Changed. My name is Jessica Preece. I am the wellness coordinator here at KMH, and I'm here with my co-host. Hillary Caton, communications coordinator here at KMH. So for those of you just joining us, our podcast is dedicated to wellness. So we have a bunch of really great people uh, in the community, as well as the KMH community, and some famous guests uh, to talk about wellness and kind of what that means for them on a number of topics. So for those of you listening for your first time, we'll recap on last week. So Hillary, tell us a little bit about last week and some of our guests. Yeah, so last Last week, we had NHLer Corey Hirsch. Mm-hmm. He was in the studio talking about Game Changers and that program that he's with um, with CAMH, which is pretty cool and awesome, going to different schools and talking to kids um, about mental health. Um, we also had Kevin Beyer, a wellness coordinator here at CAMH. He was talking about uh, gratitude workshops that are actually at our uh, wellness center here at CAMH, which was really cool. And then we had Yvonne Sullivan, who was a trauma-informed local uh, yoga instructor. So that was really interesting. Um, coming from like a no yoga background for me to hear yes. about, you know, it's okay to take those first couple steps to learning about yoga and, and getting used to it. So maybe I'll try it, maybe. Yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> you do. Um, we also talked about a couple wellness tips that touched on Kevin's yeah. uh, topic. So uh, we talked about a gratitude alarm and setting time aside to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, did you kind of take any of the steps or take away anything from our last podcast? I think from Kevin's segment, I was really, once I once we spoke about it and I was like, okay, this is something that people do and it, it seems to be pretty interesting. I noticed that when I go out, whether it was like at Chapters or at Michael's, they have these gratitude journals. Yeah. And I never noticed them before until after that segment. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, this is like a thing that's been picked up quite a bit. And there was always like one left in like a random color. And I'm sure that nobody really wanted that color. But it's really interesting because it had like different prompts to like help you how help you out to figure out your your gratitude journal and, and how, to, how to start if you didn't know how to start. So it was like a really good like how-to guide, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> well, stay tuned for our first guest, Loblaws dietitian, Carly. Welcome back to the show. In the studio today, we have Carly Falez, a registered dietitian with the grocery store Loblaws. First of all, I didn't know Loblaws had dietitian. That's breaking news for me. So is this a new thing or am I just like really late to the game? So uh, the program has been around for a few years now. Uh, it's about uh, seven years old. Wow. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So seven years now. And how long have you been with uh, Loblaws? I've been with Loblaws for three years. Um, almost exactly three years, actually. Yeah, it's been an exciting time. Great. So we like to ask all of our guests one simple question. 
and we'd like you to answer it, which is, what does wellness mean to you? I think wellness means um, kind of overall feeling uh, in terms of just physical, being physically well, being mentally well. I think food has a big place in this in terms of being well. When you eat well, you physically feel well, but then I think also there's a there's a mental component too, and it helps you kind of mentally feel well. So we're here with you today to talk about Canada's new food guide. Um, so it just got a major overhaul. The four food groups are no more, so are servings, and it feels a lot less regimented than when I remember as a kid. It's like, you got these four food groups, you gotta eat it. Follow the rainbow. Follow the rainbow, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, it's very different. So is this a step in the right direction, do you think, or, or no, having it less regimented? I think it's a, a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, the new food guide really is evidence-based. It's really backed in science, mm. uh, which I think is just wonderful. And I think that having more of a visual kind of plate uh, model mm. is just very applicable to a lot of different settings, um, whether it be eating at home, eating out, eating at a friend's or family member's house. I think it's just a lot more simple and, and very visual, which I think is going to be helpful for a lot of people. Something I noticed um, were the milk and alternatives and the meat and alternatives. They were two of the four groups before and now um, in the last food guide, but now they're kind of lumped together. Why is that? Yeah, so a lot of uh, dairy products are also a great source of protein. So they've kind of gone away from uh, the different food groups and have now kind of focused more on um, on nutrients. So we've got our food guide broken into um, fruits and vegetables for half the plate, a quarter of our plate being protein-rich foods, and then the other quarter being um, uh, like whole grains or, or maybe uh, more starchy type foods. And I know that with the food guide, they really wanted to focus on a plant based proteins and um, getting more of those uh, into our into our diet. The food guide is pushing for us to cook from home um, and stay in and not eat out as much. And this is a personal struggle for me. Like I, I love going out to restaurants um, and I have a hard time cooking. So I kind of started this, the food box trend. I started ordering that to my house. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that trend um, and if what's usually in them is healthy enough, enough for us as well as following the guide. That trend's really exciting. I think it's really, really unique. It definitely makes things easier. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's important too is just kind of keeping that plate in mind. So whether, you know, if we are creating a meal at home and whether it does come uh, in a box is definitely just to kind of keep that uh, half plate as, uh, you know, aim for that half plate of vegetables, um, aim for that quarter plate protein and that quarter plate whole grain or starch. Um, when it comes to kind of cooking meals at home and creating, uh, just making it a little bit easier for you, mm -hmm. what I find is batch cooking. So cooking okay. once, eating twice, I think is just definitely kind of the motto to live by. Right. Um, so maybe making, you know, if you are gonna cook uh, like for example a soup stew excellent idea because mm -hmm. then you can create a large batch and you've got mm -hmm. some for the next day maybe for lunch or, or dinner but even if you're cooking chicken maybe cook a little bit extra and then that way you've got some that's just a quick protein source that you can throw some vegetables and a whole grain with it um, usually if I'm cooking whole grains I usually try to cook a larger batch so for example brown rice I might cook a really large batch mm -hmm. and then I've got it for multiple meals um, including dinners and lunches mm -hmm. I love doing stuff like grain bowls and um, meal salads that incorporate all components yeah, of the plate. Like that. That's like my favorite name for like a pumped up salad because 
they can keep you quite full. So this is what I love to do for lunch. Um, I find it just really easy. So you basically uh, just need a few containers uh, loaded up with some veggies like spinach or kale or whatever leafy green you enjoy. And then add lots of color. So add lots of different vegetables like peppers, cucumbers, zucchinis, um, tomatoes, lots of variety. And then add your protein. So I like to add maybe beans, peas, or lentils, sometimes edamame, sometimes maybe um, some canned salmon. Uh, just keep it really interesting and exciting. Sometimes a couple of eggs. Um, and then for a grain, I like to add maybe quinoa, sometimes even brown rice, couscous. There's so much variety. You can always make these a little bit different and tweak them. And then I like to add my flavor enhancers. So that could be maybe a handful of nuts or seeds, avocado, something that's just gonna add a little bit more texture flavor to the meal. And then just a really quick, easy olive oil and vinegar dressing and you're good to go. I can see why you call it a meal. There's a lot, yeah, in there's a lot going on. It's basically, yeah, it's basically the plate. Yeah. So Canada's food guide just in one, in one container. And it's just so simple and easy. What are some mindful eating habits you can suggest for us? I know the food guide does focus on being more mindful. So I think in terms of mindfulness, it's just really being kind of more present in the moment, um, kind of being more aware of the food choices that you're making and, and while you're eating, be, being more aware as well. Um, so I think one really big tip that I love is just kind of really focusing on your hunger and fullness cues. So really, really trying to um, determine maybe, you know, just reassessing how hungry am I right now? Am I am I physically hungry? Am I, you know, kind of just wanting that little sweet or salty snack right now? I think it's really important to just be very mindful and in that moment of really how hungry you're feeling. And then while you're eating, always just being aware, okay, am I, you know, am I getting a little bit more full? Am I close to kind of finishing my meal now? And then that way, you know, when the right time is to stop in terms of how satisfied we are. Right, like little check-ins with yourself. Exactly, little check-ins some really good tips I like I'm definitely guilty on the distracted eating so. <laughs> I think that also ties in another important aspect of the food guide too um, is just eating with others so yeah. the more that we can eat together and that's a really big thing that Loblaws is actually encouraging right now too is is eating together as a family uh, so I think the more that we can eat with friends family uh, the less kind of distracted will be, the more engaged we'll be in maybe good conversation um, around our meal, which I think is really, really important too. Um, and the last that we'll maybe be texting and watching TV while we're eating. So Carly, how can we get a hold of you and how can our listeners get a hold of you? I am the dietitian at the Maple Leaf Gardens Loblaws at 60 Carlton Street. Uh, you can definitely uh, find me online on the website, or you can always pop into the store and say hi. Um, you can contact me by, by phone or email, and uh, if you are interested, we do offer one-on-one -on -one nutrition counseling out of the store, and it's really exciting. We do uh, initial nutrition consultations where we sit down, uh, go over um, your nutrition history, we talk about your goals, and we create a plan together and something that you can work on. So I've got um, people uh, interested in booking consultations with me for a variety of different nutrition uh, concerns. Uh, so if you are interested, I, we do that out of the store and then also follow-up appointments. So you can uh, book a one-on-one -on -one nutrition consultation by visiting bookadietitian.ca and you can just book right online. It's super simple, um, but you can always contact me too. That's awesome. Thank you so much again and get in contact with Carly. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>
Okay, so picture this. You're at a restaurant with a group of friends. It's Saturday night, and naturally, you're extremely hungry. But you're also trying to make better food choices outside of the four walls of your apartment. You take a deep dive into the menu, and that triple cheeseburger with a side of deep-fried onion sounds amazing. You know you shouldn't because that much grease can't be good, but you order it anyway. We've all been there. Either we call it a cheat day or tell ourselves we'll do better tomorrow. Well, our next guest can help you do better today with tips on how to make better, healthier choices at restaurants. We have with us uh, in the studio health expert Rose Reisman, who is an author of numerous cookbooks and columns. She's the owner of Rose Reisman Catering, and she's provided health tips for audiences at 680 News and Breakfast Television. So, Rose, welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Um, before we get into how to resist temptation of a restaurant menu, please tell us, what does wellness mean to you? Uh, wellness means waking up to me, waking up in the morning and feeling good. Now, nobody feels good right when they wake up in the morning, but as you get going, that you just feel energetic, you feel awake, your mind is sharp, and I really find for me, food and exercise has been the magic formula. I There's like a that. magic formula. Yes. <laughs> uh, I just want to pull it back to the scenario that Hillary was mentioning uh, earlier because we've all been there. Um, I find it so hard to eat healthier at restaurants. Like it feels like I have to choose a kale salad every single time. Um, please tell me if there's options I'm missing. There's a million <laughs> options you're <Okay>. missing. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I have, oh, my God, I've got so many tips that you can use. But do you want to start if, when you first go to a restaurant? Yes. I want to know Let's everything. Start, yeah, okay. from the get-go. Yes. So, so you get it. So first of all, pick and choose. So let's, you know, without putting down any restaurant chains, when you go to a fast food place and it's known for fried foods, that's not a great choice. So there's not going to be many options for you there. So first of all, check out the menu. And, you know, you want to pick somewhere cool that your friends love. And that's fine. But just say, hey, how about this one instead? So you don't want to go to vegan if somebody really wants you know, meat. Uh, so one, pick out the restaurant. Now you can go online, look at the menu first, so you can already know with your mindset, oh great, these are the three things I'm going to order. And if you're really a little more, you know, um, anxious about calories, fat, sodium, take a look at their ingredient list and their nutritional analysis, which all chains have to put up today. So the minute you go into the restaurant, um, first of all, you want to start by avoiding drinking a lot of pop. And juice, because those are liquid calories. And even artificially sweetened drinks today, um, they ultimately trick your brain into thinking you're getting sugar. So you end up wanting sugar, even though you're not putting any calories in. So what you do is you mentally think, okay, zero calories for that big Coke. Mm -hmm. So I can eat the French fries because mm -hmm. I'm not having that. But it just makes you eat more fries than you of want. Of course. Interesting. So then it comes to order a soup or a salad. And I always believe start every meal if you can. And we're looking at financial, of course, too. But with a salad or a soup. And a soup doesn't mean a cream of broccoli soup. What it means is something tomato-based or chicken stock. So minestrone is great. A chicken soup is great. Uh, if they say a cream creamy broccoli puree, just ask them, is there cream in there? Just make sure you ask. I mean, you have every right to ask the waiters, you know, what's in something. And when you have a Caesar salad, better known as heart attack on a plate, because <laughs> yeah. in the end, that, bad? that yeah, oh yeah, big Caesar oh. salad can cost you 700 calories. And that's half the intake right away for somebody going in wow. for yeah. their meal. So if you wonder why people say, Rose, I only eat Caesar salads. Why am I gaining weight? And yeah. that's one of the reasons. For a Caesar salad, you could have a small steak, veggies, and uh, some grains 
for virtually the same calories as a Caesar salad. Wow. So people don't realize that. I'm silent and shocked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And sadness. So, so does it mean you never order a Caesar salad again? No, but I know it's not as much fun, but I order my salads and I always say dressing on the side. And I promise you, they're giving you about a third of a cup of dressing for every salad. So one tablespoon of dressing is going to be about 100 calories. So multiply that out. You just add 600 calories in terms of your, your, your dressing. So put it on the side. Put a couple tablespoons on. Have some fun with that. Have a soup. And by then you're going to be half full, yeah. which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So then order your meal. So whatever you want. Uh, Try to avoid the fries. You know, have make sure somebody else orders the fries <laughs> sure. and you Split take it. a couple off their plate. <laughs> all right. So the key things you want to order, you can order beef. There's nothing wrong with beef. Stay away from the the pork back ribs and the and the ribs, because those are the fattiest meats possible. So you can go for flank steak, avoid a ribeye. Chicken is great. Chicken breast is better than thigh. Okay. The skin alone adds about another 100 calories with about 8 grams of fat. So, you know, usually it's, yeah, pick and choose like that. And even pasta, you got to be careful. You go to an Italian restaurant and somebody says, well, I know that tomato sauce is, you know, fine to eat. The bowl of pasta they're giving you is going to be eight servings of grains. So when you look at each cup being, you know, like, 75 you're putting in several hundred calories just in the pasta even though it's not cream based so I'd rather not have a pasta as my main meal maybe a little side of it if you're ordering a grilled chicken or something like that so lots of these kind of tips and somebody might say oh it's so much to learn Rose it's another job that's what people say to me Mm, eating well is another job you have to pay attention you have to pay Mm -hmm. and it is another job in the beginning but it's it's a job that pays off so well Sometimes when something says grilled, uh, that's one of the better ways to have it. Sometimes they say sautéed, and that might sound okay to you. Sautéed means there's a fair amount of oil used in there. Now, we all know the word fried means, you know, lots of oil, but they can trick you by saying lightly fried. So you think it's better for you. Fried is fried. (laughs) (laughs) You dunk it it in the oil, whether you keep it there 30 seconds or three minutes, it's still absorbing the oil. So restaurants will try to what's called... Um, like it's health washing. They try to make something sound good, or they'll say savory. That means tons of salt. So savory. So there's like vocabulary oh, tricks. Oh yeah, that they sort use. of you know like the talk, yeah. you know, They talk about the mob in their language. Yeah. This is a food language <laughs> of restaurants. They um, end up trying to fool you because they know if they say salty, you're not going to order it. If they say fattening, you know, deep fried, you're not going to order it. So you've got to be careful and, and almost interpret what that means but your best bet is if you don't know don't feel bad about it I don't know if there's a 101 book for an idiot guide for you know restaurants but ask the waiter say hey what's lightly fried mean some people like me will use restaurants as their cheat days so should we be doing this is that a slippery slope what do you think so what I think is when you think of cheat days I hate that word because I think every day should be a day where if you really want to indulge in something you should one cheat day ultimately leads to two cheat days. Mm-hmm. And and when you're cheating that day, you're going to go for it all yeah, because yeah, you're going to yeah. binge and go, because I'm not doing this again for six days. Right. Yeah. So I hate that whole mentality of a cheat day. Go into a restaurant and say, you know what, with that meal, I want to have some dessert tonight. And I don't 
care, but I'm going to split it with my buddy, or I'm going to split it. Or we're going to, you know, I always order one dessert in the middle of the table, four forks, and then I like having that. Yeah, yeah, and you're getting that taste of that molten lava chocolate cake or whatever you want. And honestly, you feel so lousy about yourself when you finish the whole thing, don't you? Mm-hmm. Come on, you yeah. order it. Yeah, and then you're like, did you I really? Did, it? did I really that? need that? But when it's split between four, you all you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like that's why I think erase from your vocabulary, cheat. Mm-hmm. Just say, you know what? I'm gonna have a little bite of dessert tonight, or I want a few fries. I'd like to know your opinion on fresh versus frozen vegetables because I know the new food guide really pushes heavily on a lot of fruits and vegetables. Right, so, right. So uh, financially, I just want to know your take yeah. on it. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, I think the food guide's been, you know, poorly attacked on saying that they're not catering to people that are on a budget. Everybody's on a budget out there today. Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, frozen vegetables, I mean, people don't even know this, are healthier for you than fresh. So you know the whole, yeah, because they're picked at the peak and they're packaged immediately and frozen. So you're actually getting more vitamins and nutrients out of frozen than fresh that are shipped and trucked to Canada and everywhere else and sit in your supermarket for four days before it's put out and then three days before you pick it. So you're really getting almost 10 day old veggies. But the problem is that people like fresh broccoli, people right. like the taste of it better than frozen. But if financial's an issue, frozen is great. In, in one of my food programs at my catering, we use frozen vegetables for the frozen meals, and people love it. And it's, it's you know, it comes in a lot cheaper. That's one. So and, and in terms of fruits, sure, in January, strawberries are going to be a fortune, and you can forget organic. But again, there's a couple things I do. I'll buy fruit in season. So apples are always there. Bananas are always there. You know, oranges, depending on the season. If there's a, a frost in Florida, you're going to avoid that. But there's always something you can eat. I wouldn't suggest eating canned fruit or canned vegetables. Canned vegetables have sodium in it, and they actually taste awful, I think. They, they taste like overcooked, and you, and you have extra sodium. And canned fruit often has sugar or sugar syrup with it, so I avoid that for sure. So um, in terms of fruits and vegetables, I think you're, you're golden in terms of dealing with frozen. And now you can go to Costco and buy huge amounts of frozen fruit. Now, I know like my kids use them in smoothies, but I actually find I get a big bag of diced mango or cherries. And at night before I go to bed, I have like maybe half a cup tastes like a dessert. It's outstanding. It's really, really good. Well, you've blown my mind today. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> We're all just like, what? <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. But thank you so much again for coming in. A pleasure. And, thank uh, you. Please let us know how our listeners can get a hold of you and yeah, absolutely. contact. They can just do rosereisman.com. Lots of tips, recipes, all sorts of things on my website. Awesome. Thank Amazing. you so well, much thank for you, Okay, next up is our segment with Jessica's wellness tips. So tell us what's our tip this week. So this week I want to focus on a bit of lifestyle. So making a healthier choice, the easier choice. So my tip this week is fighting unhealthy snacking by purposely making junk food harder to access by leaving it at the store. So not purchasing it. Next time you want to indulge on an unhealthy snack, you'll have to make it harder to access. You will have to actually leave the house and make that conscious effort to go get it, which will hopefully make you think twice about whether or not it's worth the energy. Yeah, that's like a make or break decision. Like, (laughs) do I really want it? So I want to know why is taking that step to consciously leave that junk food in the store so crucial? Well, junk food is often packed with refined carbohydrates. So all that added sugar is really low on the nutritional level. So when we're hungry, we may want to go for that quick, convenient snack, 
i.e. chips, maybe. That's my go-to. Oh, um, <laughs> which is why I recommend uh, just keeping healthier options on hand and the unhealthier options more difficult to attain. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to take your advice. Leave it in the store. Well, let me know next week how one. Okay. Stay tuned for our next guest, Kelly Matheson, a registered dietitian here at CAMH. In the studio, we have Kelly Matheson, one of CAMH's registered dietitians. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. No problem. Really excited to chat. Um, but one thing we like to start off all of our interviews with um, is asking our guests the same question. What is wellness mean to you? So I guess wellness means to me uh, very, the word that comes to mind is individual. So what wellness means to me means something completely different to another person. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you want to consider what wellness means to you, I think it's something you really have to think about inwards. And it can mean anything from what we typically think wellness is, like you know, eating well, physical activity, stress management. But to others, I've heard so many different things about wellness, like spirituality, taking medications every day, um, having family supports good sleep hygiene, There's the options are limitless. So uh, again, when I think about wellness, that's the first thing that comes to mind is it depends and individual. I like that answer. I um, mean, you kind of already just kind of made a comment about it, but I'm curious how the food that we eat affects how we feel. So what's the connection? Can you break that down for us? So when I think about the connection, I break it down into physiology. So if we think about what... Um, what our feelings stem from or what impacts feelings of anxiety or feelings of depression or feelings of happiness. Um, if we think physiological, it comes down to our levels of neurotransmitters. Things like serotonin and dopamine, the levels of neurotransmitters in our brain can impact the way that we feel. And then if we think about what those neurotransmitters are made out of, the building blocks of these neurotransmitters, they can be things like proteins, nutrients, mm -hmm. vitamins. And when we eat food, we get those nutrients, we get those vitamins, yeah. we get those macronutrients, and they form the building blocks of our neurotransmitters. So from a physiological way, mm -hmm. that's how what we eat impacts the way that we feel. If we think about it from another way, like psychologically or socially, mm -hmm. food is very social. Absolutely. Food is intertwined in the fabric of everyone's lives. We can be totally different and we can be totally individual, but we all have one thing in common. We all eat. Mm -hmm. And so from that standpoint, um, food impacts the way that we feel from a social uh, aspect or a psychological way. I read too that a few research studies suggest that there's a certain way of eating that'll sort of help boost your mood and it'll be a little bit better for you so as, as in terms of a good choice and striking a balance with how your food affects you and your mood. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is the Mediterranean style um, of eating and its benefits? My understanding is the Mediterranean style is uh, a combination of not just foods, but also the way that you eat. So if we look at specific foods, it can be uh, classified as lots of fresh vegetables and fruits, leafy greens, berries, citrus fruits, um, a lot of heart-healthy fats like avocado and olive oil, um, a higher focus on plant-based proteins, lentils, chickpeas, um, kidney beans, those types of pulses that um, come from plants. Uh, also an emphasis on whole grains or high fiber grains, um, so not just whole wheat flour and whole wheat bread, but also brown rice and 
whole wheat couscous, and then also uh, a really high focus on um, lower amounts of red meats, uh, some low-fat dairy in the form of uh, high-protein yogurt and feta cheese, uh, and then some Mediterranean-style um, proponents may include red wine, um, but some don't. And if they don't, they would consider that to be a modified Mediterranean diet. And so those are the types of foods, but then we also have to look at uh, the way that we eat food. So the Mediterranean style of eating also suggests that you uh, try to cook as much as you can. Um, when you cook for yourself, you're using less processed ingredients, and therefore um, you're also enjoying the process of cooking, which can in itself bring mental health benefits. It also emphasizes eating together with friends and family, sharing food, mm -hmm. eating family style versus just sitting and eating alone. So there's that component of the, this Mediterranean diet as well. What is the one piece of advice our listeners can take away from this segment? Um, if they go home tonight or for lunch, what can they do? Oh, that's a great question. I think one of the things I would say is if you have a friend, family member, colleague who you know is maybe struggling, maybe they are struggling with a mental health diagnosis, um, they're not feeling very good, maybe they're seeking treatment and it's just not you know, working as well as they had hoped, um, I would suggest reaching out to them and saying, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? Let's make a meal together. Or can I come over and bring some ingredients and let's cook? Um, I think that's something that you could simply start with um, just to kind of, you know, get the conversation rolling of how important it is to take care of our physical health, uh, specifically through the foods that we eat. That's a great point. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. Really appreciate all your tips and tricks. Thank you for having me. Awesome. If people want to reach out to you, is there a way they can get in touch? I'm easily found at the CAMH directory. Uh, you can also email me at kelly.matheson at camh.ca. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. that's our show for today i want to thank everyone for joining us especially rose carly and kelly if you our listeners want to get in touch with us you can hit us up at camh news on twitter and instagram to tell us about what you want to hear next time or your thoughts on this episode thanks for listening